You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Another week of streaming, but we're uh, we're getting close. We're, movie theaters are going to open up. Uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we feel comfortable to kind of get back at it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, it was a good time to take for the world to take a little break in January because there's never much to do and you don't really want to go anywhere anyway. But Taylor, like I'm... I'm ready to go to some movies and do something different here after another week of streaming these random, random movies. Yeah, I chose my movie because it is getting Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I thought, oh, like preemptive Oscar movie. And it's like, it felt like a random streaming movie <laughs> yeah but 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 at least it is getting oscar buzz, yeah right? like at least you picked a movie that like technically is getting some buzz like i was doing homework like exactly. i got homework yeah. done yeah you didn't just <laughs> randomly pick a movie and be like that one <laughs> yeah like i did and then we'll just kind of kind of see from there yeah like this week it's interesting because both of us kind of picked movies independently and we communicate with each other as to what we're doing and thematically it really aligned. Like this week, our theme is, do you know where your children are? Because it was, apparently they're all lost. It was kind of an accidental movies from a hat. It Very much so. <laughs> accidental movies from a hat. And there's a connection. Tyler would be very pleased that we found that connection. Both of our, the movie you watched, the movie I watched, had at least a suggestion that there's a, there's a missing individual that is child related. Mine definitely it. did have a... Both a literal and a, I guess, metaphorical okay. <laughs> missing child. Yeah. Mine had a literal <laughs> missing child yeah. in it. So that that tells you something. But it's, you know, it's interesting. And we, Taylor, you and I, during our pre-show chats, often mention things like we can't bring up on air, or we won't say or whatever. Well, it was funny because when I was texting you about the movies and, and made this connection, the first thing I thought of in my head was something that I'm going to say it now, but like, I'm not going to say it in the seriousness I was going to bring up, but like the, my first aspect was it would kind of be really tough to lose something as big as a person, but it does happen all the time. But that was just like the funny thought. Like I was thinking like, if I lost my refrigerator, people would be like, what's wrong with you? Like it's massive. And how would you lose it? And I kind of felt, felt the same way about a human. Well, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a human being. Like, I know things happen, and especially in my movie, there, there's, like, foul play um, in, in question. But I'm just – that was the the way my brain works in the comedy of my own head. That's the first thing I thought of was, like, how would you, how do you lose a human? Like, What's the chances imagine. of losing one child, let alone two in one week? Let alone based two on in our, one week. Yeah, our exactly. movie yeah, yeah, and I get – that was the first thing I thought of was it would be, like, losing a chair or a fridge. Like, it's just – I think the difference is – not they can sweet. walk up and move around. Yeah, like children have like wills of their own. <laughs> yeah, that's and then, true. Yeah. And then there are like evil people in the world. Well, I heard <laughs> now, because I've, I've heard about this from, from my parents, but also two of my friends uh, have small children now. Um, and I hear from them all the time, like how surprised they were, how fast they are. Like without, yeah. with, you could just, you can blink and they, they just, they're gone. They like move, they're fast. Um, and I've heard that from my parents as well. It's like the just kids will just bolt 
if they have a chance. I um, buy that. And again, uh, just because I, I, the comedy of my own head, I'm like, oh, my cat's like that. <laughs> <laughs> my cat, but my cat can't learn English. So again, it's just. Did you ever go missing like um, in a grocery store or anything? Not that I can remember. I don't think so. Kathy again, I'd have to ask my parents. But Kathy Shepard, right in. Yeah, like I don't remember ever getting lost or going getting lost or whatever. I don't no, know. Like, I, don't... I think there were like moments where like you turned around another aisle in the grocery store, maybe. And it's like, oh, where's mom? And then See, like. If so, it wasn't that traumatic because like I remember, I know as a kid, we'd go camping a lot and there would be like pretty like wooded areas that's an easy place to get lost and like but i would go exploring in there and like i don't think i ever got lost like i don't remember getting lost like i don't i don't have any memory of of that so if it did happen it didn't like traumatize me you know what's crazy i grew up watching a lot of unsolved mysteries did you watch that with robert stack the narrator i i remember seeing it here and there but i especially when i was younger i was probably too scared like right. i wasn't a big fan of like real true crime stuff yeah i was a spooky kid as everyone knows so i watched a lot and they were like reruns from the 80s and 90s and all of these like a adults like adults going missing and literally never being found but then also like children children mm-hmm. being snatched yeah like you're you're right. It's like kind of funny. Like, oh, how do you lose a kid? But like this, the realness of it, scary, scary. And then, you know. Yeah, very much so. They would do like composites. Like, this is what Jimmy would look like if he was 20 today. You know, because he had been yeah. missing for like 12 years. Oh, like, and like normally, or not normally, but the first thing my my brain goes to when someone goes missing is foul play. Because I do think that usually... That has you would find someone eventually if there wasn't. Someone yeah, but the else. wild ones would be. You're right. Like sometimes, and for probably, I mean, I'm not going to give any statistics because I'm not a criminal profile. <laughs> is, no, but um, <laughs> you're probably right. Like, unfortunately, they the kids are probably gone, gone. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but the wild ones of unsolved mysteries would be like um, the kid had been snatched, and then when they like turned twenty they realized like, oh, like my parents had snatched me. My parents aren't my parents. Like I had been kidnapped. Those did happen on Unsolved Mysteries. That would be the weirdest thing. Yeah, like To finding... realize you were snapped. Like, yeah, like to realize like you're, oh, this is this is not my family. They stole me from my other family. Yeah. Like, that would be. Those were the wild ones. And then like yeah. the ones where adults go missing and just like disappear without a trace and they're literally like we don't know where they went those ones are wild how mad would you be like that's just oh to find that out later yeah and i mean i guess you know it's better in the scenario that the person's okay and they come to the realization later but still is it like is it better mike i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know your whole life is a lie and then like Uh, on top of it you're like mom is like a your quote-unquote mom is a criminal like she snatched you as a baby she stole you from your real family like how bananas is that i don't know if you could get away with that in today's day and age like with cell phones and the internet and stuff yeah like i think that's kind of what changed 
things like especially like in in my movie that's set in somewhat modern times the kid is so young that like you can kind of understand a little bit more why it would have happened but i definitely agree with you like in this in this day and age i think it i mean it does still happen but i do think it's harder because cell phones tracking we have a better sense cameras of like everywhere there's cameras everywhere yeah um, social media with geotagging, like knowing where you are. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> Again, another thing we're not going to talk about today is like the, the politics of everything going on in the world right now. But everyone being so concerned about being tracked and controlled, and yet it's been happening for 15 years. Like, if you have a cell phone or social media, <laughs> you, you, everyone knows where you are and what you're doing. So don't, don't pretend it's about anything else. But anyway. Um, yeah, are, you, are people not concerned about the surveillance cameras on every street corner? Like that's no, no, they're not. And you know what's really funny? And this is just this actually does relate back to something I watched recently. Um, I'm not a huge stand up comedy fan, but every once in a while a special will come on Netflix and I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. So that so Aziz and Sari did a special that was a half an hour, and it's him just in like some comedy club. Because he can't really get regular work anymore. Yeah. So I just thought, eh, I'll throw <laughs> it on. Guy. Like, I'll throw it on just because I used to like Aziz Ansari and I've lost track of where he is. And the things that happened to him were a little, like, a little strange for me. I'm like, I'm still not 100% sure what happened. Yeah, I guess I should retract um, me calling him a poor guy. because the Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing we don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. But anyway, so I watched it and he talked about that a lot how we as a society are concerned so much about certain things. Yet when our phones are like, Hey, do you want to see what you look like when you're old? We're like, yeah, take my face and mutate it and whatever, but we won't give up anything to people yet. We already are. We're doing it. If it's content based, if it's to get us some piece of content that goes on our social media or phone, we'll give up everything about ourselves, but we won't do that. If it's, you know, something like, I don't know, COVID-19 pandemic. As an example, I'm just pulling that out of the thin air here. I have no basis for for to, to pull that from anything, but that's kind of he makes that point, and it's it's a very fascinating special. If you're interested in what's going on with disease and sorry and what he's doing, um, there you go. Was it funny though? I used to watch his stand up too. It was a thirty. It was thirty minutes. It flew by, and yes, it was very funny. Um, he had some very thoughtful moments, some very cool things to say, but yes, it was very funny. Yeah, it's tough. We could have a whole conversation about canceled comedians, can't we, Mike? <laughs> yeah, and it's it, what 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 sucks is that everyone because I was thinking about this as well with Joss Whedon and everything oh, going yeah. on with him and everything I've read. Again, this is because like I'm going to share these thoughts with you, Taylor, and our fans because like whatever, cancel me if you want to. But every time I read the things from Joss Whedon, I'm like, okay, he seems like a jerk. Like he seems like someone who bullied people. He was a jerk, but there's nothing in here that makes it seem that it was motivated by anything other than him being a jerk and a bit power trip. Because originally, like there was, I thought, I saw a think piece that was like, oh, this is such a blow for the Me Too movement and, and, and for, for Joss Whedon, who was like a feminist. And I was like, this has nothing to do with the Me Too movement. This isn't, this isn't involved in the Me Too people. This isn't the same category. This is a guy being vicious to every single person, men, women men of, of color women of color white men who's the guy who plays spike what's his name possibly james? children um possibly james children. mars masters marston he, he threatened like james that. masters 
Monster, monsters, monsters. Whatever. He threatened him. That's a that's a white dude. Oh, I haven't heard about. I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah. James Marsters was like, yeah. Joss Whedon like threw me against a wall and threatened to ruin my career once. Here's the <laughs> like, like. I agree with you. Like, it sounds like he probably just is like a really crummy human. To, and to like, everybody, to and every like got away, got away with things that like in today, like now. We should have always known those things were bad, but like the industry is changing. So hopefully yes. we won't yeah. have more of him. But there are some accusations, Mike, that like he also like treated his some girlfriends like very bad, like borderline. Oh, sure. oh, yes. So like I think that maybe those. is where people are getting the Me Too stuff, like less to do with um the Justice League cast and more like he, it sounds like maybe there was like borderline unconsensual relationship stuff. I don't know, but who care? I mean, we should care because if there are victims, you know, we have to respect their stories, but like at the end of the day, like, yeah, he was crummy to men, women, and possibly children. Well, yeah, children, if we consider how he treated Dawn. Uh, I was about to bring up Dawn. I was about to bring her up next where I was like, and and children, because that's just. And that's that's where, again, it kind of borderlines into the Me Too stuff because like, we don't know what happened between him and her. But yeah, lack of information always makes me the most uncomfortable. Like when you have an accusation and it's, and it's clear, like that's even when, when I think Ray, Ray Fisher, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyborg. It was so unclear and vague that I was like, oh, please don't be another Jesse Smollett situation where it's just like, it doesn't make any sense and it's made up. But he clarified later, like he followed up and clarified. But that's that's always been my problem with, with the cancel culture is vague information is taken as fact. Without too much, because again, like as you're saying, uh, Taylor, about all the things that are coming out, Joss Whedon has also denied everything. Everything. Yep. everything. Now there's he too goes, much. I remembered that differently. <laughs> yes, yeah. And th- there's too much from too many people to deny it as far and as like, I'm concerned. Like various, <laughs> like it's it's like across the board. Yeah, it's not one mean? thing. It's not one thing. How can and you so, deny everything? <laughs> not <laughs> like, only, everything. Not only does he come off as like a crummy person, like he also comes off as like a creep. Like if the things about the actress that played Dawn are true and like the things that he did with like some girlfriends and stuff, like you're a creep, man. Like, ooh. And like potentially super disturbed if you don't actually remember it. Like it could just be a line, like, you know, he, he did whatever. But if you don't actually, like, are you blacking out and doing this? Like that's not good either. Right? Yeah, so I, don't I think know. that it's, it's such a weird, messy situation. And that's why it's so hard to form opinions on celebrities because one, they're real people. And two, we don't know them. We don't know. And everyone has to be tried in the court of public opinion, as opposed to, I like right and wrong, right? If he did those things, it's wrong. He's denying them. Half the things are coming out are vague. The things that are clear sound awful. And then there's 15 people. Like it's not one, which makes it go, okay, there's truth here. Like there has to be. So yeah. it's just, it's just old, a mess. Old cast members, new cast members. Uh, did you read the variety piece? That's what I read. And then I read Taylor, another one I by read Dice. Everything. Yeah. Taylor, <laughs> I, read, I read everything on it and it gets worse every single time. And you're right. Like that's where people are getting, I think the, the 
Me Too stuff from is his personal relationships. And again, the things that are mentioned in here are not good at all. And I think it comes down to a situation where (laughs) you're looking at this going, he's clearly a jerk. He's clearly a bully. Maybe there's some other issues here. It's so hard to tell. It's so hard to, to make that determination. And the hope is, instead of worrying about, well, this is the way it was, okay, what are we going to do to make things better now? Are we going to get rid of that type of toxic behavior? Are we going to he seems, figure out ways? He is not interested in making no. amends because he literally because he did like, deny, deny, it. deny, deny. I don't remember that. Except it's funny. It's funny, Mike. He denies all of these allegations, but yet willingly admits to possibly contributing to the drowning of a childhood friend. Did you read that was in the Variety article? Oh yeah, how, I told you I've read everything. Yeah, <laughs> I've read like, everything. Like, that's how you know this guy is like, who like who like deny deny deny. Oh, but I possibly contributed to the death of a childhood friend. Like that's what you're willing to admit to. That makes you seem like ten times worse. And he like volunteered that information. That wasn't even like someone went probing. Like he, you know he decided to share that little story from his childhood. And you know what that reminded me of? And this is like also kind of on topic, but not. So Colin Farrell almost accidentally admitted to murder, even though he didn't do it. Like he, he was shown, I don't know if you've seen this. He was shown years ago, a picture of, of a suspect from the police uh, in in a murder, and he said, "Yeah, that could be me." That's what he said. He said, "Yeah, no, like that. That looks a lot like me." And they were like, "Okay, he's and a murderer." Which turns out he didn't do it. But this is—it's a whole big thing. On uh, they used to do this Jimmy Fallon thing, two truths and a lie, where they would bring on a couple people and they would do. And this was one of the things that was discovered. And he, the case was never solved, but he had some alibi that that ended up coming up. But he he like just looked at the picture and I guess was so shocked by the likeness was like, yeah, that, that could definitely be me. You know, Mike, this story is ringing a bell and I might be conflating it, but it could also been, he was a big drinker at that time. And I think he was like, I could have committed that murderer murder. Cause I was like blacked out. Is that, am I remembering this right? Yes. I think you are. Okay. Yeah, that's and so that's like, familiar. that was the added, like, like, that could be me. I was wasted. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but I might be remembering that story wrong. But that does sound familiar about Colin and, and possible murder. And again, kind of speaks to a guy's character that like, I was so out of control of my behavior. I may or may not that have committed a murder. That I could have done this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's And it it's so hard because we want to enjoy all these films and the things that people create and i'm i'll be honest right now i'm gonna still watch buffy the vampire slayer yeah i'm still gonna watch firefly i'm still gonna watch these things that i really like that joss whedon created because he's also not the only one who created these things um there's hundreds and hundreds of people involved in creating all of these things and i think you can separate what they do but it maybe it just means he can never work again and he shouldn't work again and should work on himself. And he's not going to because he's denying it. But still, maybe that's, you know, what 
should be done. I don't know. But it's, it's, I think if you can still find a way to enjoy certain things, I don't think it takes anything away. And I just disagree with the, well, this is a, this is a blow for, for feminism and the Me Too movement. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get that. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's not. It's stronger than that. Feminism and the Me Too movement are stronger than an individual, especially a male individual. It shouldn't matter who your heroes are and what they do and whatever. It's it's what you want to do to push those movements forward and how you're going to make things better now. How did we learn from this? And chances are, Taylor, it's not at all. There you go. That's my cynical view. And uh, come back kind of to that cancel culture, right? Like being able to still enjoy Buffy. We've talked about this before. I think one of our fans wrote in and asked something along the lines of like, should, um, maybe they didn't ask this, but it's, it's, <laughs> It's related to this conversation about like, um, say like Kevin Spacey, for instance, like should all of all those Kevin Spacey vehicles be eliminated from streaming? Why? Like, I don't get that argument, that part of cancel culture, you know, like, like, oh, like such and such. Um, let's take all of their, take all of that media off the streaming platforms. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. Agree what does with that, that have to do with? What does that have to do with anything? And also, don't we have a history as a society of like when you delete everything from the past and bury things, you don't learn anything? It makes it worse. Yeah. So I sort of saying, right? Isn't that a saying? Those, those who, who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, something like that. I was about to say those who don't do teach, but that, that too. This <laughs> is the first thing that popped into my head. I don't know. Anyways, people can come at me in terms of cancer culture, cancel culture, but I am not one of those people. Like there, it happened with The Simpsons where they, when showing reruns or like making new box sets, they don't include the Michael Jackson episode anymore. Did you read that headline? Uh, no, I didn't know they they yeah. did that. Like I don't get that. Like I don't. It doesn't, it's not going to take back what happened. You know what I mean? And like, no, viewers should have the critical thinking skills if they want to engage with that media or not. Yeah. And how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to study what went wrong if we delete all of it? How are we supposed to know we did things wrong or we didn't think to certain things we put people on pedestals but like we're never going to learn. No, I agree with you. I, people can add us all they want. Cancel culture is dangerous. It's it's damaging and when it comes to like consuming movies and tv shows and these types of things like we already unfortunately put people on a pedestal ourselves but we put them there and then we tear them down and it's weird like it doesn't it like i don't want to be the person who keeps clicking on those joss whedon articles but i keep reading them oh i just like oh what happened next (laughs) like what is this like i keep so like you know, I'll, I will click on those things. I don't want to be, but I think the difference is, is I read all and take all that information and then I move on with my life. Like, I just, I don't know. This is a, this is a personal hot take, but I usually think people who spend so much time canceling are people who, who aren't busy. Like, I'm just so, I'm just so busy, Taylor. I don't have time. I yeah, don't I don't have, have the, bra- I don't have the brain <laughs> way, the brain space. To like consider these things, the and it would be different if, of my yeah, and it would be different if like let's say you and I, because this is a like an example of that is like what people are saying. Well, then you know you have a duty to pay attention to what's going on, and I and I agree with that, but 
I think the difference is if you and I are doing a show and we bring a guest on and that guest does something inappropriate to one of us, how we react and what we do in order to like, like never bring them on the show again and deal with that. I think that is what's important yes. that we learn from this. And I don't keep bringing on a guest who makes you uncomfortable yeah. and you don't keep bringing on a guest who makes me uncomfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just ignore a comment. That's what we're supposed to learn from this. If somebody reports something, you take action. You don't sit around talking about it for four years and then do nothing. You take action. And if everybody started to, I think, learn that lesson, then we would create a better film, movie, theater, arts atmosphere. And you know, listeners, if you don't want to watch the Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons, I understand. You or hit like that skip button. Yeah. Or you <laughs> don't want to watch, like, you can't watch Kevin Spacey movies because you can't separate him from, you know, the bad things he's done. Okay. Fair enough. You know, like, like you said, like, should Kevin Spacey be allowed to make more movies? Probably not. Is it my call to make? No. But, you know, I might still be able to watch an old Kevin Spacey movie and not feel any kind of way about it. You know, <laughs> like I'm, but that's just me personally. Yeah. You no, know? so totally. do, do what works for you guys. <laughs> no, I, uh, I completely, I completely agree. I don't even know how we got on this topic from lost children, but we got here. And no, I agree with you. I think that was well said. I think that it's everyone's choice, um, what they'd like to watch. And I, I won't judge people if they need to skip something and I won't judge people if they say hey you know what I can still watch House of Cards because the writing is great and all this other work that other people did was great I've never watched House of Cards I'm just giving it as an example it's the first Kevin Spacey thing I can think of yeah I'm not um, actually like a huge Kevin Spacey fan he's just yeah, the first even, person <laughs> yeah I can't even well because because also because again what the things I, we've lost the ability to scale too like the things that Kevin Spacey did and the things that like Harvey Weinstein did and like all the kind of beginning stuff where we're hearing about these powerful people and the awful things they did. I'm sorry, they're much worse than the the vague stuff that Z's and Sorry didn't do. Right? Like that's yeah. like we don't we put everyone in the same category now where it's like, um, one of those is awkward and the other one is illegal. And I think that there's a massive difference between awkward and illegal and immoral and illegal and all these things. Um so yeah, I, I think I think people just need to cool their jets. They won't, but you know, I think that, that sometimes you can just enjoy some movies or like us, watch movies, try to enjoy them, and just sort of muddle our way through and have to review them. Yeah, because that's what we've been doing recently. Because <laughs> nothing's been that good. <laughs> like no, we're, we're talking, really. we've been talking for like twenty five minutes about this topic, Taylor. Because there's nothing yeah, else to, to talk avoid about. having to give our reviews. <laughs> because I just don't want to review this movie. I want to do anything else. Like we are. That's why next week I'm gonna I'm teasing it right now. We're doing something special next week. Um, if the person I emailed replies and is okay to do something special. Um, we're going to do something different next week, something we've talked about doing for a bit before we're putting Taylor in a fun position and it's going to be a lot of fun. You're, you're going to love it, Taylor. I think it'll be, I'm it'll excited. Be something different. Yeah. I'm excited. We need, you know, it's, 
by the time this airs it'll be february but like january blues are real i need a little bit of a mix-up so i'm happy to be teased and like the source of entertainment for next week yeah that's the thing and our fans are gonna love it because they love when we put you in these kind of awkward positions i can't wait you're watching something that you normally wouldn't watch and people just want to hear what you think of it they love my hot takes they love my uninformed idiotic hot takes people love <laughs> love all the uninformed on uninformed stuff but yeah, yeah. anyway we do have to th- unfortunately we do have to review some movies so do we have we any fan questions we do we do have one uh from josh the Inquisitor. of course uh, though after this week cool i feel like we're gonna have some fan questions for next week <laughs> i hope um, i got guys you know before you come at us mike and i are very even keeled do what feels right for you guys okay you know, if you want to cancel people, whatever. If you don't want to cancel people, whatever. Just remember that we're humans and we have opinions. <laughs> Come, but, but and and definitely remember that for Taylor and for for me. Come at me. I'm happy to address anyone's concerns over anything I've said, and I will stand by everything I've said 110. percent Unless I'm wrong, and then I will educate myself, learn from that, and then retract and create a new statement. Oh, like you should in society. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so Josh the Inquisitor wants to know, uh, to match your Lost theme, I forgot we had a theme this episode, did you ever watch Lost? Did you enjoy it? What were your thoughts on the ending? If not, why did you never watch it? Okay, Josh. So he wants to know about the TV show Lost. Taylor, have you ever seen Lost? Sorry, no, no, never got into it. My sister was a big Lost fan, but I don't, to be honest, I don't know if I've seen a whole episode. So I have a fun Lost story um, about, jeez, what year is it? <laughs> 2022. So this would have been 2015-ish. I was living, I was living alone and I was going to go home for the holidays. Like I was living in Kingston. My family still lived in Gann. And I was just going to stay at my parents' place for like a couple weeks. Right. And I got so sick. So unbelievably sick. Couldn't move from bed for like over a week sick. Just as I got to my parents' place. Like it was like the day before I left to go to, go to, to stay at my parents. I was starting to not feel great. And then I was just like out of the table. Like couldn't move in bed, could not move for over a week. And I started to binge Lost. And I went through four seasons of Lost during this time. And then I stopped when I when I got better, like a month <laughs> or two later. When I was like feeling better, I, I stopped and never finished it. Like I never went back. How many seasons are there? I don't even know. Six. I want to say six. Maybe five, but I was on four. Like I was definitely right. like I was I was through several seasons, and I got it. Like the first season, even the second season, and most of the third. Like I remember enjoying absolutely thoroughly. Like I thought it was so interesting, and it was distracting enough that I that you can kind of dive into it, and the characters were interesting. Um, and then it kind of got weirder, and I'm okay with weird, but I felt like it was just trying to figure itself out too much um so i kind of lost interest to be to be honest i don't know i know that the ending is controversial is it one of those 
Well, you haven't seen it, but I get the sense that well, I've it's heard all about those, the ending, though. Like I've heard about it. It was all a dream. It was the dream well, of a turtle. Like something I mean, stupid. <laughs> it wasn't the dream of a turtle. What are you talking about? Like what? <laughs> what? Wait, you know, like the dream of a turtle. Yeah, was, it's like so that? weird. Like the universe is just the dream of a galactic turtle. Like we're not. Isn't that ever... a, wait? Isn't that a Stephen King thing? I think it there's might a galactic be... turtle in something. I think it might be. Uh, it's always sunny. Like, um, okay, hold on. Dennis, hold on. Dennis is having like an existential crisis, and he's like, "What if we're just like the dream of a giant turtle, like flying through space?" Hold on. I'm pretty sure galactic turtle is something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. There's a whole philosophy called World Turtle. <laughs> okay, this is going down a real Yeah, save that one for later. Um, <laughs> put a pin in that But one. yes, so Stephen King. Stephen King. Yes, okay. So yes, it is. It's a turtle um, that is responsible for everything that happens, for protecting the children in it. So that's... Pennywise's nemesis is Mart- Martanin the turtle oh man that must have been a talk that must have been the cocaine period of stephen king's career it's definitely on something there was Um, a period where he like was so high on cocaine he doesn't even remember the books he wrote i think lost was i i believe the ending was they were in purgatory because they had died in the plane crash right and they were neither Which in is, heaven nor hell. That's kind of the same premise. Like, you know, like, oh, it was all a dream. Like that stupid plot device where yes. they don't know yes, how to correct I, it. To be clear, I think purgatory is different than dream by a turtle. Uh, <laughs> like, it's I think the it's, same premise. It's different. But I get what you're saying. Like, oh, the character was in a coma. You know, like, whatever. Like, the writers just don't know how to um, tie up the loose ends. So they make it like, oh, it was all a dream. They were all in purgatory. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Josh, for, for your fan question. Uh, and to fans, if you want to write in, don't forget, you can yell at us. At, we need uh, you. At screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Or you can go on our website, screeningandkingston.com, fill out the forums. Uh, give us your latest uh, gossip on people or do you not care like i'd love to hear that from fans like how many fans now that would be a hot take yeah like how many fans because i i would say 90 percent of the time i don't except for some reason i keep hearing news about megan fox and what's his face and joss machine all that stuff it's because i clicked on it once so my phone's like oh well here's a here's this time machine gun kelly got lost in the woods like i just you know, I don't care. I just clicked on it once because I was like, what? And <laughs> like, now the data miners have yeah. <laughs> calibrated the algorithm. That's all you yeah. need now. What a, what a Machine Gun Kelly fan you are. <laughs> so we'll send you as much stuff. But yeah, are, do you care? Do you not care? Do you try to pay attention? Like, again, most of this stuff just kind of makes me laugh and I just try to enjoy the movies. But it's been... Uh, 
It's been a spicy kind of weekend, Taylor. So I'm glad yeah. you got a chance to rant. Tempers are <laughs> tempers are running hot. Yeah, really. Yeah, I just I'm at my wits end over here, people, and I just don't know what to do. And it's making me it's making me mad. So please write in, bring up conversations, and and for our special guest next week, I want them to be inundated with all this stuff that they now have to also answer for because yeah. they chose to come on this show and they should have done their research. Um, okay, let's talk about some movies for for 15 minutes and then finish this off. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to talk about mine first because I don't have much to say. Um, my Son is the name of the film. It just came out like the, just this past fall, I think. Um, and it's James McAvoy and Claire Foy, who I guess played the someone in the crown. So I guess there's another connection between I think she played a young Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. So they played the same characters. So yeah. Olivia Coleman wow. and Claire Foy play different versions Mike, of the same character. Evidence that we're in the dream of a galactic turtle. In look the at dream all of, of a these, galactic turtle. Look at all these connections <laughs> unwittingly. <laughs> um, so the movie is is basically about James James McAvoy is some sort of um oil person. And uh, he works on an oil rig. I don't know. He does something. No, it's more important, more important than that. He does something with like, he travels around the world and does something with like oil trading. Um, because, because originally, like when, when the movie kind of kicks off the son, his son's already missing. Got it. So you, you follow him as he like returns home basically to find like his son's missing so he he's not with his wife anymore. His wife is is in a relationship with someone else. This this seven year old was uh, dropped off at the world's scariest camp ever, and was kidnapped from the world's scariest camp. Um, so wait, is this what it's called in the movie? Or are you just no? Describing? It's just a camp, but it's just the world's scariest camp. So okay. they sleep in these pods that are like on a cliff by the water. So there's like water, a cliff. It's very gray and windy because it's. It's in somewhere in like England. I think. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. And um, and they, they sleep in these little pods, like two at a time in these pods. And all I was thinking was I would never want to go to this camp. Like this is, you're not even like in log cabins with everyone and this is fun atmosphere. You're pod like shoved camp. in a pod. Yeah. It's very scary. Um, so he gets snatched from there. Yeah. Obviously. I'm surprised it doesn't happen all the time. Um, and, and the movie is like pretty short it's only an hour and a half which was nice it kind of it it didn't like add too much it just went along the journey of like trying to discover what happened and there were some twists and turns like the movie keeps you guessing is this politically driven is there going to be a ransom like who's involved yeah is it like an action movie is it like taken or is it more like a drama no it's more of a drama it's a drama where where james mcavoy is really trying to just figure out what happened right and things keep getting stranger and and weirder and that's what kind of cues him into something must be going on here. So I no, I wouldn't say there's some, there's a little bit of sort of action. There's a little bit of things that happen, but it's really a thriller Got drama it. more so than anything else. Um, with some superb acting, like I can't, I can't fault the movie acting wise. Like the acting was was really good. Everyone, like Claire Foy was great. James McAvoy was great. Everyone was really good. Um, the movie was just kind of strange. It was just like it just kind of ended. It, Is this? It, did you say that this is a new release? Yeah, it just came out. Like it just came out in twenty twenty one. I don't I don't know when, but it was right. a twenty twenty one movie. Um and it just kinda 
ended? Like it was a little... I was going to ask if they found the kid, but I guess that's a huge spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point of the movie. That's kind of the point of the movie. But what happens is, is they like, I'm not going to give away exactly what happened, but the movie just sort of almost ambiguously ends, but, but kind of treats it like you should know what's going on. Like it doesn't do a very good job Ooh, I hate that. Of, of showing you. It kind of just tells you in a sentence at the end, this is what happened. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like they had a, kind of like a cool concept and either didn't know how to end it or for some reason were rushed to end it um, or tried to be artsy, but it just sort of failed. Um, so the ending was a little weird. The movie itself like had, there was some dialogue and moments that were a little like, that's a little on the nose. Um, but other than that, it was it was pretty good. Like I, I would give it a stream it. You know, it's it's a thriller. You know, I might give it like a six or seven out of 10. Like it was fine. It's a good kind of like movie to, to spend an hour and a half watching. It moves fast. It's not super slow. It is interesting. The acting keeps you kind of going. The movie does keep you guessing. Um, but yeah, the ending was just kind of meh and a little, um, a little weird. I would have thought you would give this a more negative review based on how exhausted you are with streaming, but it sounds like maybe it's just the overall experience. Yeah, I think it's the overall. Yeah, I guess the overall experience and of the streaming movies I've seen, this is probably one of the better ones. But even then, it's still kind of like, eh, yeah, all right, random. I didn't. I think what what elevates it is I didn't have to spend any money on it, and. It was a pretty easy watch and the acting was good. Yeah. So it elevates it for me. If I had to go, like, for example, if I had to walk in the snow to the screening room and watch this for, for an hour and a half, I might give it more of a negative review. Right. Because I just don't, I think it's like a pretty good, that's why I'm giving it a stream it. Like, I don't think you should go see this in a movie theater. I think this is a, hey, I, I want something that's a little heavier. That's, you know, not a matinee movie, but something a little heavier that's going to keep me interested and then it's not going to eat up my entire evening. Th- this movie would suit you. Like my criticisms of it are just, it was too ambiguous and too unclear what was happening at the end of the movie. Yeah. Everything else was pretty good. All right. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Stream it. Maybe a six out of 10. Don't rush to see it. Don't watch it on an airplane. What? What's it yours called again? My Son. Not even it's a great on name. A, not a great name. On Amazon. No, not a great name. <laughs> and it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. I watched The Lost Daughter on Netflix with Olivia Coleman and Dakota. I don't I don't remember her last name. She's like in 50- Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Dakota Johnson. And um it's the first it's the directorial debut of Maggie Gyllenhaal. So that's kind oh. of an interesting, and I think I Maggie wrote and directed the movie. Um, it is adapted, I think, from a short story, maybe like a full novel, but mm-hmm. I get the sense that it's a short story, um, and it is getting Oscar buzz. So this was one that I wouldn't typically watch, but it is like Olivia Coleman is getting a lot of buzz. For best actress, I don't really know 
if like other if it's being thought of for other categories like direction sure. and writing i don't know but, but i just still, know like, olivia's getting a lot <laughs> yeah good for her like for for your first time to get even some oscar buzz like even if it is you know acting awards or whatever like good for you yeah so, like that's that's a pretty good sign i'd say and uh maggie gyllenhaal's married to peter sarsgaard not a scarsgaard she is not what? like not the swedish family oh but <laughs> There's um, another Skarsgård family. I'm not. His name is spelt a little bit differently, and it might be pronounced differently. He was in an education. I like him. I think he's he's not like a mainstream mainstream actor, but anyways, he has like a small role. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Husband and wife getting to work together, family affair. That's nice. Yeah, that's so nice. the movie, um, the premise is this woman, Olivia Coleman is on a Greek island and it's kind of like a working holiday. She's a university professor and a translator. And she kind of gets enmeshed in this ambiguous family. Like they kind of allude to the fact that they might be like a crime family from New York, but they don't actually say that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Oh, that's a, they're bad people. That's literally what one of the characters said. He was like, don't do that again. And she goes, why? They're bad people. So you're like, okay. They got a lot of tattoos and they're from New York and they're bad people. So they must be crime, right? So, right. so she kind of gets like enmeshed in this family and like it's kind of fixated on a young mom and her like very young daughter. And that's the daughter that eventually goes missing, but they like very quickly find her. Like it's just kind of a minor plot point. And then there's like flashbacks to Olivia Coleman when she's young, who's played by the actress who was in that Irish Rose movie. I don't know if anyone remembers me reviewing that movie. It was about, or Scottish Rose. It was about that like Irish or Scottish woman who wanted to become a country Western singer. This was like pre-pandemic. I, I don't, I don't this was pre-pandemic. She's like a fairly recognizable face. Like I think she's been in a lot of like British um, productions. Anyways, she plays the young Olivia Coleman, and you find out that like she's not a good mom, right? And so, right. yeah. So like this movie, I'm finding in my old age, my ripe old age of 30, that that I don't really like dramas. I don't really get dramas. You know what I mean? Like, um, and this was like a, a psychological drama. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. Like you, like Mike, like sometimes it was too ambiguous. Like she was dizzy all the time, but they don't like explain why she's dizzy. She was dizzy all the time. Yeah. Like she kept having like dizzy spells and it's like, oh, she's like stressed because she's a bad mom, but she's old now. I don't know. Like it was like, sometimes I feel like in psychological dramas or like thrillers, the characters don't act how normal human beings would act. If that makes yeah, that sense. Does seem, that does seem to happen a lot. Like, I think I know exactly what you mean. They just, there's just something surreal yeah. about that. And, like, yeah. I don't get it. Does that add anything to it? Yeah, like, that's I like... I don't feel like that adds anything. That's how I feel. I'm like, I don't... I think, like... I think of, like, genre conventions, right? Like, if someone in a horror movie or a fantasy does something that a, no, a non-normal... Like, 
what we would what we would interpret as like not normal you Mm -hmm. have suspension of disbelief so you're like okay like fine but like in this movie it was like realism and yet she was making decisions like i'm just gonna say it i don't know if this is like a spoiler or whatever but she steals or like borrows the doll of like the little girl that goes missing and it's like the family is like very anxious about it because like the little girl won't cry well won't stop crying like whatever and I'm like what adult woman like maybe this does happen I don't know like humans are multifaceted I'm sure somewhere in the world an adult woman stole the doll of a, of a child but like in the movie I'm like why did she do that I could believe it like, I, can believe, I can believe there's someone out there who would steal a, a doll from a child, for sure. And it was like, I don't know, it was supposed to, like, represent how she hasn't come to terms with the fact that she was a bad mom. But it's like, you were, so. you were a bad mom. Get over it. Like, why am mm-hmm. I watching a two-hour-long movie about this? Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, get over yourself. There's, like, yeah. at the end, she's like, there's, like, she's like, I was an unnatural mother. I am a selfish person. I'm like, yeah, I watched two hours of that. And I'm like, okay, I guess like, I just don't get drama. I'm like, <laughs> wait, when, when she says unnatural, like she adopted her. Child, like it didn't come naturally she to her. Like she wasn't oh, good at being a mother. I hear you. And I'm like, it was one of those cases where the flashbacks were more interesting than the present day. And it's like, I don't know. I don't mind. I like character pieces. Like, I don't mind watching a character piece. But I didn't understand. I just didn't really care for these dynamics of her getting, like, enmeshed in. And then, I've, and then do you ever watch movies and you're like, maybe I'm just dumb. Maybe I'm just, oh, this movie is, <laughs> goes all over my time. head. And, like, I don't get the. Usually I go, maybe I'm just dumb. And then I say, no, this movie's dumb. And then I turn it off. And- I just didn't get, like. I'm like, okay, yeah, the metaphors are obvious, but they don't feel real. Like, I just, it didn't seem realistic to me that this woman would steal this lady's doll and then, like, watch, unless she was, like, evil. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, <laughs> this movie definitely was not for me. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it, like, honestly, it doesn't sound like it was for you at all. Like, did you like anything no, in this I didn't, movie? I think... <laughs> Like you said, like the acting in your movie, like, yes, Olivia Coleman did a good job. But it made me think, like, what is good acting? I don't know. She was fine. Like, <laughs> that's how I Yeah, to me, to me, I wasn't blown away. Acting, yeah, like, to me, good acting beyond fine is when they really suck you into the world. And even if the movie sucks, you're with a character, you're with a person, you 100% believe it. And you can just, like, you, you feel like the emotion is genuine and 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 that's it. And sometimes the I sometimes I think a movie can be so egregiously bad that you can't see past it and enjoy the acting. Um, and then sometimes I think you can watch like a not great movie yet there's a phenomenal performance at the heart of it. I think this movie was fine. I think like Olivia Coleman did a good job. Like I said, I wasn't blown away. Like I thought she was a better. I was blown away with her performance in The Favorite. Like, I have no doubts that Olivia Coleman, she is a good actress. You know what I mean? Like, I know that. I've seen her do, like, amazing things. But, like, was I blown away in this movie? Not really. 
was Dakota Johnson like the best actress in the world in her role? No. But then again, she's not getting any Oscar buzz. So um, I don't know. Like, I think some people are going to be like, this is a good movie. Like, this is an Oscar worthy movie. And I'm like, I don't know. I increasingly, again, as I get older, I'm realizing Oscar movies aren't really for me. You know, like the quote unquote Oscar movie. Like, oh, it's got Oscar buzz. Nine times out of ten, I'm kind of like, eh, pass. Like, I don't know. They're boring. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we'll have to talk about this in a couple of episodes. Some of the, like, West Side Story is getting a lot of buzz, which, again, that to me is more of a Taylor movie. Like, I'm more inclined to watch <laughs> yeah. West Side Story for sure yeah. than to I watch. I guess we'll have to watch it eventually. <laughs> and your Tick, Tick, Boom is, I think, is getting um, production buzz. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so anyways, there's yeah, other movies. Good. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I just... Maybe it's the pandemic, you know? You're just like, I want to be entertained. Yes. I I think, especially in January and February, which is always been not so great because the, the movie going kind of dries up in January and February. There's not a lot of good releases out. It's kind of been always the dead time because a lot of people don't go anywhere like it's just kind of proven that january and february are the months where you spend less money the winter blues hits you everyone's kind of coming down from the whole high of the holidays and i i'm just with you i just kind of want to be entertained right now so dan and i watched paddington we watched there you go we rewatched paddington saturday night and for me paddington is a see it run out if you have not watched paddington Paddington 2 is also really good, but I stand behind the fact that Paddington, that's a chef's kiss movie. That is a good movie from and, start to and finish. Padding, Paddington's like really, really big in like the the English, like London, like Britain culture, right? Like Paddington's kind of their, their big thing like that. Everyone read Paddington books as a kid. And it's been described that the American version of Paddington is Clifford the Big Red Dog. What? Who said that? Uh, Jack uh, Whitehall, the guy who was in Clifford the Big Red Dog. Of course, of course Wait, he had to. <laughs> well, he was complaining. No, he was complaining about oh, Americans because right. they were too, they were taking this movie too seriously and asking like a bunch of crazy questions that he didn't know the answer to because he just acted in the movie. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think he was trying to make fun of the states and say like they care about Clifford the Big Red Dog like we care about that. Uh, like we have uh, Paddington and you have lo- the lowly. Yeah. yeah. And Canada <laughs> Canada has Anne of Green Gables, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like that would be that that would be the equivalent of sort of like childhood stories that are kind of revered in each in each area. So Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so The Lost Daughter this to me like in like if it's like a very personal review like Taylor's review, which I guess is what we do every week. Taylor yeah. and Mike review movies. Yeah. I don't know why you have to always <laughs> add such complexity into the rating. Like, just rate the movie. Taylor, you know, you Taylor to... would skip this movie. Not, okay, because it's, not because it's quote unquote bad. It's just like boring. Like, I'm like, ah, I would never watch this movie again. Okay, I don't then, think my life it's would a be. Skip it. But, but, uh. Mike, we're heading into Oscar season. This movie is getting Oscar buzz. You have to see it. You make things so complicated. It's so hard. I'm like, I just wanna, I just want something from you so I can put it in it's the, a, the, if it's slash the story. See it. 
<laughs> and then they'll have to listen to the episode to know why it's a yeah. you know what it's a I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna say Taylor says skip it. <laughs> but you know it's like this is why the rating system is so hard because I've said stream it for better for worse movies. Does that make sense? Like okay, movies so the- that were worse. <laughs> Yes. I've been like stream it, but for this one, I'm saying skip it. Like I don't know. Well, okay. The rating system is supposed to be you're recommending it to somebody else, and whether or not you would recommend that they rush to the theaters to see it, nah, stream it from home, throw it on an airplane, stream Saturday it, Monday, or just skip it all together. So I'm saying stream it. Bad. You okay. want to be in the loop for the Oscars and whatever. So if you have it. to see this movie, you see it as a stream. Yeah. But it's not so egregious that you're going to skip it. Yeah. yeah. This rating system I like better than numbers because how do you like, what's a seven out of 10 and eight out of 10? Like I like this system because it is more ambiguous and it does come from us. Like what we're recommend, do we recommend it to other people or not? Um, and so, yeah, you're saying that makes sense. You're going to say stream it. Because sure, Oscars. Yeah, Oscars. Go go check it out. Try to win our Oscars pool this year. Um, well, there you go. So the, those are the two movies. There are two streamers for this week. Uh, streaming is is unfortunately going to be a part of the equation for at least a couple more weeks. Um, but then uh, but then we we have some some fun stuff coming up. Next week's episode is going to be a lot of fun, and then we're going to be inviting. Um, somebody from the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, a little closer to their festival, um, which is kind of cool. We got to talk to, to both film festivals this year, which is great. Um, and just a reminder to people that there's still a couple more days left to see uh, Real Out. Their festival is still going on until February 7th. So go to realout.com, get all the information about their festival. I streamed the movie on the weekend. It was excellent. Um, so definitely go check out, uh, some of their films, their whole schedule is right there on the website and you can stream everything right at home for like a low price of 12, $13, very inexpensive. You get a lot of great, uh, great movies there. So reelout.com, go check that out until February 7th and, uh, Taylor, we got something fun on the show next week. I'm looking forward to it. Woo-hoo. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.